Fit for Life Radio, episode number 113. That sounds right. It's 113 today as well. That's the date. January 13th. How's that feel? Coming at you from the beaches of Cabo. Wouldn't that be nice though? Mm-hmm. Nah. Because it's 31 degrees here, bro. But then it makes you appreciate 71. It does. But it's probably 82 in Cabo. Well, the other day we had, uh, what, it was in the 20s. So yeah. then yesterday when it was like 35. It did feel better, though. I went outside and I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't that Warm. bad. Yeah. Like, it's actually kind of a nice day. Put some shorts on. I feel like, what though, when it's that cold, the wind is what makes a difference. Because if it's just like real still, it's not that bad. You can deal with it. But when the, the wind is there, it like cuts through all your clothes and it's like you're basically naked. Like You might as well not even be wearing anything. That's well, what I struggle with. Bones get cold. Your bones get cold. I don't want cold bones, man. Nah. Well, in case you didn't know, we're your, your hosts, your coaches, Gary. We are your coaches. Gary and Will. Gary and Will. And today, we are going to do a little little ditty. About Jack and Diane. <laughs> <laughs> Client conversations. I feel like we should dim the lights for this. Mm-hmm. Client conversations. So just little conversations we've had yeah. with, with clients. Yeah, recently. Just like it sounds. And, and th- things we think maybe people would benefit from uh, from hearing. Mm-hmm. Because most people, it's hard for them to ask questions mm-hmm. and have conversations because they don't want to feel like it was a dumb question or conversation. Yeah. But the reality is the cliche. There, there is no dumb There really question. isn't. And normally we always come away you know with the realization that man a lot of people would benefit from hearing this we should start a podcast like every single time (laughs) and yeah (laughs) and tell people under 13 episodes later so today we're going to touch on a few conversations three three little ditties the first one is we had a client and he's been coming a couple months two three months and he got the first where you know it's hard to notice things yourself it really is because you see yourself every single day and but eventually his his wife you know noticed some gains you know his back he was changing and his back was all muscly muscly getting leaner right so more visit you know you more tone (laughs) and he was yeah excited about that you know when you start getting compliments and other people noticing it, it really gets you fired up and he mentioned how it really got him thinking, oh, I can take this to the next level, right? And I think everyone has that happen, right? Where yeah, you do something, you some good happens, positive feedback, and you're like, let's, let's go to the next level. Yeah, I can do more. What's more? You know, do, maybe if I go harder or push, push even uh, faster, good things will happen. But the reality is the next level is just consistency. Yeah, you for know, most wh- people. Yeah, uh, once you establish sustainability, so uh, an approach, say, yeah, you're, he's going three days a week. Well, don't now all of a sudden try to go six because now what if you can't and then you fall off completely or you burn out? The reality is you're getting results for most people's goals. A moderate amount's going to be fine. Yeah. And then it's just, hey, this now you're seeing these things because, yeah, this is the first time you've exercised for three, two, three months. So all you have to keep doing is now imagine if you do it for two or three years, right? 
Yeah, that, that's the, probably the biggest thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. Just do it consistently. Doesn't even have to be perfect, you know, what it, whatever perfect is, but it really just has to be a habit. Yeah. And the problem is we live in a society where beast mode and um, no days hard off. Hard work quote, is celebrated, you know, like, oh, think about it. He's such a hard worker. No days off. You know, sleep is for when you're dead. All these things. So no, nothing, no one ever celebrates moderation. No. Right. Or efficiency. Or he's a smart worker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and th- the same thing applies to exercise, fitness, nutrition. You, you don't make it harder than it needs to be. Right? Yeah. And don't think that you need to do more. Like if you're getting results, why, why, why do more? Anything? Yeah. Like there's, there's really no reason to, if you're continuing to improve and get better, because clearly what you're doing is sustainable. If it feels like nothing and you feel like maybe you could or should do more, just stick with it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yep. And I, as client specifically, yeah, he comes three days a week. If I can go three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, get in that bread and butter amount of resistance training, a little bit of conditioning, mm, then bread and butter. That's good, right? And now, again, fast forward, that's what he's been doing. Oh my gosh, I'm seeing results. Can I do more? What, should, what else should I do? Nothing. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And just make sure that mm-hmm. you're doing the best you can in that period. That's it. Yeah. And I think the important takeaway from this conversation lesson is also you have to find what's sustainable because in the past he's had times where he's never really consistently done it this long but he also would maybe try oh i gotta do something every day or i'm gonna try to do it at home or i'm going to try this form of exercise and the reality is none of those things he tried before were sustainable but now it's kind of the perfect storm you know the program at our gym, Coastal Strength and Fitness. It's like group training. You're more invested than, say, a $10 a month Planet Fitness. Uh, there's coaches to show you what you're doing. The workouts are planned. You just need to show up, and that's what and that works for him. And it's got him this far. So then the reality is just keep doing it. Don't, don't you know, now it almost starts to feel effortless when it does become habit, and that almost freaks people out. I think it does. When there's, like, when it, it's, when it gets easier, I think people get worried that Mm -hmm. because it's so easy, they're not doing enough. Like, oh, this should be hard. This should be a struggle. And I I think that's prevalent everywhere, like in everybody's lives that like if something isn't overwhelming or very difficult or, you know, we're not sweating to do it every day, that Mm -hmm. it's not worth it. And that's just not true. In fact, you want to strive to make those big, important things the easier things to do in your life, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And make the meaningless stuff harder to do, right? We make it too easy to go on social media, right? We have notifications on our phone and and it brights up and it's colorful and it's easy and it's quick and it's in our pocket the whole time. You know, what if you, you know, put passcodes on your apps or deleted them off your phone and you had to go on a computer to get on? Now you're making that harder and then, hey, make your exercise easier by scheduling that in getting notifications for that having mm-hmm. someone uh, a buddy or, or coach follow up with you and um make make it easier yeah that's it make it easy be consistent Nothing. and don't worry when things start to feel like they're not like difficult like that's fine then you can like when that's a kind of an automatic process you can almost put that energy elsewhere mm-hmm. into making something else just as efficient and easy and that's how we kind of build up 
habits, you know, and make sure that we are, you know, doing the things that are important to us and not filling our time with, you know, like maybe filling your time with six days a week of working out takes away from something else. But only doing that three days allows you to do another thing that you really do enjoy. And so you're making room for two things by being as efficient as possible with this. Yep. So that's an, another thing to consider is that that will rob you of something else in your life. Yeah. So the next level is always consistency. Absolutely. And the level beyond that is consistency. Yeah. You know, now obviously we're not talking about your professional athlete. Yeah, right? like or training the, for a sport. An Olympic or athlete who has a five year window to perform at the peak. You know, that that's completely different. Now and everyone wants to think that they're a professional athlete, but most of us are not. Exactly. Um, so once you come to grips with that, you can be more effective and efficient. So another conversation we had was along the lines of functional functional training training so i was i was talking with a a client at the gym and this person you know we had talked about you know progressing and they actually had listened to another podcast that we did on um you know how how much weight to lift and just knowing when to progress i wish i knew the episode number of that um but it was just kind of outlining like how do you know you know how far to push it, what weights you should be at, a system for that anyways. And so, you know, they realized that maybe they should be, you know, pushing their weights a little bit more because it had been stagnant for a while. Um, And then we kind of got on the topic of functional training, um, you know, because, you know, we kind of started talking about different exercises and they said that they wanted to make sure their training was functional. Right. And then, you know, I asked, like, what do you like, what does that mean to you? And, you know, they weren't completely sure, you know, so I think the the term functional training has been thrown around so much. And like, you know, we even did Mm -hmm. it as well years ago, um, thinking that we had to do like things that carry over directly to real life, you know, like or again, the problem is, you know, or directly to a sport or activity. Yeah. when the reality is, and there was a big phase where, yeah, so let's say someone's a football player. Well, let's try to mimic football movements with exercises in the gym. This should feel more functional. When the reality is like when you're in the gym, it's quite functional to strengthen all your muscle groups and movement patterns. Yeah. And then, hey, you know what the most functional football stuff would be? How about just Fo- playing, football stuff? Yeah, playing <laughs> football, right? Yeah. So you get stronger in the gym, increase your your pressing and pulling strength. And then when you go practice and play football, you will be stronger when you start, you know, pushing people around or pushing the sleds on the field, things like that, that are directly like your skill work for football. You don't have to do that in the gym. Yeah. And, and then you, you saw where this, you know, that you start to see all the people who are like standing on a BOSU ball while juggling and squatting you know, while doing a knee kick, right? And the reality is that stuff actually that was coined functional training was really just less efficient training. Yeah. Because think about it. Say you're doing a squat on a BOSU ball. Now, because of the unstable surface, unstable surface, 
you have to use less weight than you would normally use if you were squatting on a stable surface. So you're actually just not going to get as strong with yeah. your those m- muscles involved with squatting, right? Yeah, Which because thing, your body's stabilizing yeah. that. So na- now ball. you're not going to have that extra lower body strength to that then would carry over into movements that are quote unquote functional and re- and realize all functional is it's, it's and it's different for everyone. Yeah. Right. If you're a tennis player, well, yeah, uh, overhead swinging a racket motion is functional. Yeah, and lateral movement is functional. Whereas if you're not a tennis player, that's not necessarily. Yeah, when you're ever going to have to do a very strong overhead swing like that. So the reality is, most people, especially gen pop people, over time, you want to. In the gym, a good program, smart program, your body is just basically like a bunch of levers, right? That's it. And there's movement patterns. And you really just want to be strong and capable in all the movement patterns. Make sure you're putting your body kind of through yeah. those through those ranges, right? So the problem when you start nitpicking like, oh, I, I want to do this exercise because I deem it as functional – and you may leave out an entire muscle group, mm-hmm. right? And then you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. And I think that uh, a good thing to maybe think about when you're trying to decide what's functional and that really all we're trying to do is make sure all of our joints are moving like they're supposed to. Every one of them, right? Yeah. So, you know, that includes like compound movements like a squat or a bench press. And that might be a curl as well, which mm-hmm. something like a curl I think has been very oh, – maybe demonized in the functional community is like you don't need to do that because it's yeah it's not functional it's just for aesthetics but the reality is strengthening that muscle also strengthens the tendons which -hmm. supports your shoulder and elbow and make other things more safe and they make them more effective right if you're doing some pull-ups well your biceps do need to be strong and those tendons do need to be strong in order to do that you know, mm-hmm. and if you want to make it a real life example, if you're climbing a tree, having yeah. stronger biceps is going to absolutely help you with that movement, yeah. despite people deeming it like purely a aesthetic or, you know, just yeah. a, a show type muscle. But the reality is, yeah, as I sit here, that's a movement like, you know, my arm bends at the elbow joint. Yeah. Like, like a bicep curl. We don't have like useless movements or useless joints on our body. Like they're always used and being able to keep every single muscle strong and every joint stable is really going to mm-hmm. give, I mean, everybody, but like your normal average person, just a better quality of life. Yeah. And I think the bigger mistake in reality really is, and what what happens in the typical, maybe we'll use the, the bro example of you go in and just work the mirror muscles. So you just, yeah. just do curls and bench press. Yeah. Right? Bies and chest, man. <laughs> so to build your buys and chest to look good at the beach. That is very unfunctional training, not because bench press and bicep curls aren't functional, but because you're not doing any legs, you're not getting any hip hinge, any knee bend, you're not getting any no back, back work, no no pull, uh, horizontal or vertical pulling. So you're leaving out tons of muscle groups and o- and then in balance, it means you're overworking these other ones because you're doing nothing for everything else. And that's going to be not functional yeah. because you're leaving out entire movement patterns. Yeah. Um, so that that's a good example though of where it can be not functional yeah. because of the, you know, the way you're you're arranging your training. 
Mm-hmm. So as long as you're hitting everything, and then we do that in our programming, making sure we do hit a push, a pull, a hinge, a knee bend, a pull. I said a pull already. Yeah, a carry. Um, a carry, a single leg. Like if you're doing all of that, like you're good. You're not going to miss anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I really would, the most n- uh, unfunctional thing would be leaving out or skipping or deciding you don't like, say, the pulling exercises so you just don't push yourself on those yeah. and you just do the same way over and over and over that's actually would be more unfunctional than yeah than not uh because you're leaving out an entire movement yeah and making sure on those movements like you said you are trying to get stronger mm-hmm. you know and it's not like you have to get stronger every day mm-hmm. but over time you know if it's been six to ten months and nothing the needle hasn't moved at all then you probably need to ramp it up a little bit and and do yeah. a little bit more um, and you're just trying to, especially, you know, non-athletes, those of us who live in our lives, you, you're really just trying to bulletproof your body, right? You don't, you, you don't want anything to be unexpected, right? Yeah. To where, yeah. How do people get hurt? Oh, they're reaching and they're grabbing their briefcase out, out of their back car or they're going to pick up a toddler. And mm-hmm. because say, if you're inactive and haven't engaged certain, uh, muscles and kind of reach certain range of motions your, your body aren't used to, um, injuries happen, right? You're yeah. un, you're unprepared. Whereas what you're trying to do by going to the gym is prepare your body, keep, keep your m- muscles and ranges of motions and joints and ligaments having to function, having to apply force. And that is what makes you resilient and functional in real life so that you don't throw something out doing almost seemingly nothing. Yeah. Which is how most people get injured, gardening. Probably the, mm-hmm. the, the number one way people throw their backs out, uh, which seems crazy, but it's because they don't normally do those types of movements and they're not strong in those types of positions. And that's what we're really working for. So hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. I hope okay. Maybe okay. it helps reframe your I, mind a little bit as to I what functional a good, means. A good wrap-up would be don't think – especially now with, you know, Instagram, visual world, like all these like crazy exercises. Um, they look know, like do, circus do the basics, <laughs> right? The function, the exercises that allow your body to um, build, again, that strength and resilience and in, in uh, all the movement patterns. And then for the most part, most, the word functional is really just independent on, well, what, what is your activities? Yeah. Typically sports, things like that. And really the functional things for those are going to be actually playing the sport, yeah. right? Um, and leave it at that. All right. Uh, Number three. Another conversation we had was a question from a client asking if all sugar is the same. You know, whether it's agave, coconut sugar, coconut sugar, regular sugar, brown sugar, maple syrup, honey, honey. God, I love honey, though. The reality is, yes, for in general um, and, and typically in the context of why most people are asking, yeah. which is like I think people want to think, oh, if I make this muffin and I use coconut sugar instead of regular it's sugar. It's healthier than white sugar. The reality is they're going to be about the same calories. Yeah. They're, you know, re, you know, refined to where they're easy to overconsume. Um, they're typically, you're not eating these things by themselves. They're typically combined with other things 
to make super delicious foods. A little spoonful. Yeah, a little sp- take not, that. Not take the edge off. You know, whacking <laughs> back. Um, sp- spoonfuls of maple syrup. Hey. Right, you're putting it on pancakes with butter. When I was a kid, I used to take little lumps of brown sugar out of the bag and just eat them. Mm-hmm. But I was like nine, so yeah. And it's because you weren't supposed to do that. Exactly. Probably. Like I was sneaking some sugar. That aside, nobody now, nobody really does that. There are some micronutrient differences, right? Like refined um, white sugar is basically stripped of everything. Yeah. Whereas like honey is going to have tons of different um, micronutrients and even some maybe benefits for like gut health with Mm -hmm. different bacteria, especially if it's like raw honey and things like that. So again, and those things can be helpful. And yeah, if you're going to have a ton of, you want to have sweeten up your yogurt, yeah, choose the honey. It's going to have more nutrition, right? But again, if your goal, it comes back to context, right? Is man, I I really need to um, stop overeating highly palatable foods. Well, yeah, if you make, uh, again, a a muffin and use honey versus regular sugar, um, you're not solving it's still going to taste super delicious it's a combination of of super refined foods like butter flour sugar and it's going to be just as delicious yeah so there's no like one is not better than the other in terms of calories at all like Mm -hmm. they're all the same it's just and then there's those minute differences that overall for most people aren't going to matter and here's the catch too sugar in the context by itself isn't necessarily bad either no right so i think people oh my gosh sugar's bad but maybe but i love sweet stuff so i gotta no it's sugar's bad because again it's combined and makes us overeat food in general and it is very calorie dense um but if you can manage it in the overall context of your diet then it's, it's not a, it's not like you have to completely eliminate it no. right and sugar is found naturally in fruit and things right yeah those, that's another difference too. The um, so carbohydrates are made up of different types of carbohydrates, right? So you have fructose, sucrose, glucose, glucose, and there's a combination. You know, those there's ratios of those forms to make up the type of carb, and that's going to be different as well. Um, so, for example, like white rice is a carb that has no sugar in it really it's all glucose um but everything gets broken down into glucose yeah but then you have fruit which is most fruit is like half fructose fructose and half sucrose sucrose is half glucose and half fructose i mean you know so and um you know, so, some people may find or it's, there are studies that like fructose can al- be a little helpful and that it can be more like satiating, uh, which, you know, along with fiber may be a reason why fruit um, is satiating. Yeah. And why people aren't banging down 12 apples at mm-hmm. a time. Um, but then that's the difference too. Like high fructose corn syrup is obviously fructose a lot of fructose um also fructose can only be processed in our liver whereas glucose goes straight to our blood Mm -hmm. bloodstream and is processed that way uh and our liver has a limited capacity so if we can that's where then you get into 
you hear fructose is bad, well, you're only going to get but so much in a fruit, and you can only and it's packaged with other things. Whereas if you're just drinking soda, which is all high fructose corn syrup, that's a lot of fructose at once, probably more than our liver can process, and that causes problems, or mm-hmm. maybe the rest that it can't process basically automatically gets stored um, stored as body fat. So those you know that's where all sugar is going to be at least half fructose and consuming too much of it in massive quantities is going to, yeah, it's going to have bad effects. It's going to have those effects, right? So if you're consuming too much, you know, cane sugar or honey, it's going to have similar effects. Um, Now, again, honey is going to come with some more micronutrients, so you might get that, but that's, um, but it still comes with the calories though. Yeah. So that's, that's another part of it. You don't really want to eat honey for like some, B6 or, or whatever, right? Because you could just have some chicken breast and get plenty of it, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, don't don't eat sugar, any form of sugar for the for The, the nutrition. nutrition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's ultimately it's going to be a so – now, again, this is context. Uh, say you're a high-performing, super lean, young endurance athlete who needs to eat 600 grams of carbs a day. And you say you struggle doing that with oats and apples because, yeah, again, they are so much fiber and, har- you know, harder to eat enough. Well, now throwing some maple syrup on your oats is to, helpful. Yeah, to get those calories you need. Um, that's where sugar can or can be a superfood, right, in the context of the maybe something like, like we just mentioned, you know, a, a young athlete, high-performing endurance yeah. work. Uh, whereas someone who is sedentary, works in an office, is 50 years old, is 40 pounds overweight. They don't need that <laughs> a- added stuff it, in it's there. It's not going to be that helpful. Yeah. Because um, it's just easy calories. Yeah, it's very through. easy to eat. It's not satiating. Mm-hmm. And when you need a lot of food, you do want to kind of reach yeah. for those. We've done that on the episode mm-hmm. before too. And think about this. Even if you kind of got the answer you wanted, which is, yeah, honey's way better than regular sugar. But here's the thing. Say you're having a bowl of oatmeal and you add honey to it. What does it do? It makes it taste way better. Oh, my God. So what do you think is more likely, can be more likely of an outcome that you would end up eating more, right? Because it tastes way better. That's what people have to realize is that, look, most of of the stuff that makes food taste better might... that's part of the problem, right? And that ultimately we have to learn to enjoy the not best tasting combinations in foods because the reality is the best ones make it easy to overeat. Yeah. All that added stuff. Mm. Mm. So, um, again, that's a lot. It could be an episode in and of itself. Sugar. We should do a sugar yeah, episode. The short answer is there's very small differences and – on a whole, you, yeah, you need to ask yourself, why Why am I even adding sugar to my meals? Like, what's the context? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to find a way to still, like, make cookies a, a major part of your diet and not a treat, <laughs> then, you know, that that's too good to be true. Yeah. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. So, now we'll kind of take that out. Yeah, I would prefer, if I'm adding sugar... Uh, like I like to taste the honey, right? Compared to just regular refined cane sugar. Same. Um, they all they have texture differences as well. Like coconut sugar has a very different texture than regular refined sugar. So mm-hmm. whereas say you are baking, right? That's going to make uh, a big difference. Yeah. And 
I'm trying to think of an example of a way that I... Well, let's look at pancakes, right? Mm. What's one of the reasons we probably put maple syrup on pancakes? Because it's sticky and gooey, mm, right? Amazing. You, you would rather pour liquid ma- maple syrup on than just, just sprinkle white sugar, coconut sugar or on coconut, or something, yeah. right? Um, so as far as that goes, there's that's where the biggest differences are going to be between the different sugars. Yeah, it's just the utility um, and how yeah. how they work on your food. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. But adding sugar to a meal like that is, that's you know. That's the bigger thing is like, it w- it's called food reward, right? And you have to realize how much stuff we add to our meals and foods just to make it taste better, right? You have to have awareness to that. Um, and most, believe it or not, a lot of people's like the calories that get them in trouble are the food reward calories. Always. Right. So uh, yeah, adding sugar to, to things, adding ranch dressing, right. Which is fat basically. And you know, things like mayonnaise and other creams and sauces and those food reward things are typically very, very calorically dense. And not very nutrient dense for the most part. Mm -mm. Nope. Which is why they're not worth it. So there you go. Conversations with clients. Conversation. We should have turned the lights off for this Conversations. one. Conversations. Conversations. I feel like that's how we would we would kind of have the intro be. Yeah. A whisper. Conversation. But any, everybody tunes out after that because mm-hmm. they're like, this is going to get real weird. So they just, yeah. All right. Well, ho- hopefully now you felt like you got to have a conversation. I hope so. And maybe your question was answered. Maybe it's a question you've wanted to ask and just, you know, thought like, man, this is a dumb question. If you do feel like that, seriously, there's no dumb questions because like we're all, we all have, you know, different levels of knowledge and there's so much information out there that is not correct in every direction that it's hard to know like what is like, what's true, what's real. How should I feel about these things? So, um, definitely ask them, you know, if, if you are on the fence about something or you're not completely sure if you want to ask, yeah, about sugar. For some people, they might be like, yeah, duh. But for a lot of people, they really don't know because there are articles that are like, oh, use this type of sugar because it's healthy. And you're like, well, what what am I supposed to believe? So feel free. We're always happy to boil things down to a, you know, a very, very simple answer if we can. Yep. And ask us questions, the conversations you want to have. We'll, we'll uh, answer it for you the best we can. Whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah. Sometimes that's what it is, but it's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you're in Cabo listening to this, hopefully you're not sunburnt. Hopefully you're having a good time. If you're somewhere cold, we feel we feel, <laughs> we for, feel you. for you. The reality is, though, 30 degrees, there's places that are like negative 30. I know. That, see, that's a whole different type. You can't even go outside with that. Negative 30. Mm. Unhabitable. Habitable. 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 Unhabitable. Inhabitable. All right, we can do that all day. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll catch you next time. All right, thanks for listening. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at coastalfitnessva.com or garydeagle.com. We'll see you next time.